I know it's not your favorite conference. <laughs> no, I just I couldn't disagree with Dan Moore, so it makes good TV, I guess. Um, Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. December 15th, it's Tuesday, a little after 7 p.m., about 7.03. We uh, a little stressed. We didn't get uh, some links in time. So anyway, hopefully everything's working fine and going live, Facebook and on the Cap City Beats app. Pep joins me tonight. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing, B-boy? Well, I think you and I both went through a little bit of... Uh, disappointment this weekend considering your Steelers loss for the second time in a row to the Buffalo Bills this time so a team that's actually contending uh, although I don't take nothing away from the Washington Redskins uh, Washington football team stand corrected um, but two losses nonetheless and uh, shoe gate shoe throwing gate whatever it happens to be <laughs> is what happened in the Florida LSU game um, so Saturday night wasn't a great night for me. And, uh, you know, we are dealing with some issues from a team standpoint. I blame Dan Mullen for that lack of focus. LSU came out, played very, very good, but I feel like the coaching staff already made some moves that would promote the team to almost look ahead to Alabama. And that's basically sitting big Kyle Pitts, which is a matchup nightmare. If he was healthy all season, he would have been a Heisman hopeful, I'm sure. Uh, they wanted to rest him for some lingering injuries, so he's healthy for Alabama. And I think that sent a message to the team that maybe we don't have to take LSU as seriously. LSU had a, has had a horrible season, but as we all know, they were missing a bunch of players uh, that were hurt, and all these rookies and stuff, freshmen were, were stepping up. I mean um, – uh, what's his name? Johnson. Remember the quarterback for the uh, the Bucks back in the day? Uh, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. His kid, Max, was the quarterback. He was a freshman. He was starting the, the game against Florida and actually played very well. Well, I feel so, old now. Yada, yada. I uh, came down to a field goal. For those who weren't watching it, Florida had finally tied up the game, kind of got some rhythm going. The fog was coming in. Stopped LSU on a third and eight. So LSU should have been punting with a minute and a half left with a Heisman front runner at quarterback. Even though they lost the game, he still threw for 475 yards, a couple touchdowns. Um, did throw a pick six, which he doesn't normally do. But anyway, we had a chance. What is the guy, Wilson, the corner who, who tackles the guy, gets up and had tackled him by his shoe. So had a shoe in his hand and threw the shoe. The quote is 20 yards from the ref. He said the ref said he threw it 20 yards, got an unsportsmanlike call kept the ball in LSU's hands. They go down, kick a field goal. Even then, Florida kind of came back, had a chance to tie it with a late uh, field goal themselves, but he missed it. Uh, so it is what it is. Um, I'm not sure I make that call. Which one? The, I'm oh. not sure I throw a flag on that. I mean, it's not like he it's not like he grabbed the guy, dragged him a yard or two, and then tried to yank his shoe off. He had a shoe in his hand. It's, it's, the, you know, it's an exciting moment. It wasn't egregious. It wasn't even like... Uh, it didn't put the guy in any any harm's way in terms of uh, injury. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed hey. a little chintzy when I saw the replay. I'm like, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is a penalty or not. But whatever. It's the, the rules are the rules. It's fair. It's rules. unsportsmanlike. I get it. Yeah, it's a learning thing for this uh, this kid. 
Yeah. He comes back with against Bama next weekend. Yeah. Curtis messed me. He said, does this even matter? I said, well, if Florida beats Alabama next weekend, I'd be surprised if they do. But if they happen to, they'll still make the, the playoffs, I believe. I think if they had won this game and gone into a one loss and ended up losing to Alabama by maybe a last second field goal in, in next week's game and it was close, then maybe they would get a couple more votes actually to get in the playoffs and be the second SEC team in there. But anyway, yeah. regardless, yeah. they still got a win to get in. And um, our defense is nowhere near ready for that. Anyway, that's hey, my look, venting. Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, you talked about the Steelers losing two in a row. Hey, look, they're decimated by injuries. No excuse. Next man up. But, you know, they played three games in 12 days. That's a that's a lot of football. It's and some of those games, one was on a Wednesday. You know, you talk about routine and rhythm, and the, these guys train to play Sundays and Mondays, and that's their, their their body. There's an internal clock, and so a lot of these guys are vets. I mean, it's not an excuse, but it, it is what it is. They've lost two in a row. They're not as good offensively as uh, um, who? What didn't George W. Bush have a shoe comment? Didn't George W. Bush have a shoe thrown at him? Yeah, we don't talk politics on here, gang. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the answer is yes. Uh, probably, I think he did actually. Well, um, so yeah, I'm going to clip together Wilson throwing the shoe, hitting George Bush, or yeah, just, yeah, or having him duck and weave. Anyway, anyway, I'm not worried. It's uh, yeah, you know, they've got three games to write the ship. They've got the Bengals this week. If they win, they're 12, 12 and two, and uh, I believe three games up on Cleveland. So uh, that should be enough to win the division. That's really important in that division to win it. Uh, because they'll get to host any game. If they don't, uh, you know, that wild card is going to be tough in the AFC. But anyway, we'll get to that uh, another week. Um, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo just signed a max deal with the well, Milwaukee Bucks this afternoon. So basically, he's off the board for the Raptors. We'll get into that a little later today, but that's a big deal. Uh, he yeah, is the yeah. league reigning league MVP. I don't know why this guy gets so much, uh, not hate, but just like criticism. The guy's a freak. They call him the Greek freak for reasons. Six eleven, dribbles like a guard, plays like a forward. He can guard anybody on the floor. He's now developing a three. Like I mean, what is wrong with people, man? I, I they won sixty games and finished number one in the NBA last year. What is wrong with people? I this guy gets so much hate. It drives me nuts. Anyway, we'll get to that because we've got a couple of good guests. But today's show, the, <laughs> yeah, today's you. show. You know what? I'm going to take this first round because Sophia right. and I go way back. Today's show is brought to you by Sophia Jeeves, a wealth builder. She's the chick who knows how to make your money some money. Fellas, get the girl. Drive the car you always wanted. Ladies, be the superstar you deserve to be. Buy the clothes you want and rock any boardroom. Talk to the queen of finance herself by calling 613 818 Two, three, and do it today. That's Sophia Jeeves. All right. Money, make money. Make money, make money. Make money, money, make money, money, money. <laughs> Is that where you're going with that? I was, yeah, but I, I should. Anyway, we have a song <laughs> queued up for the end of the show. Anyway, so uh, before we before we get our guests in Brock, World Juniors start. Things are things are looking bleak for some of these teams. Um, have you heard any news, any recent updates on COVID and uh, and what's going on there? Uh, in terms of the world juniors, yeah, I noticed a couple. Of, I know Sweden was decimated. They've sent half their guys back. Are they going to have a problem getting this thing off? Uh, there may be. I mean, there's going to be some adjustment. Things were getting pretty close, but we're still two weeks away, or just under two weeks away. So the whole my understanding from COVID and quarantine is is a two week period. So if these guys can be in a bubble, be taken care of, have mm -hmm. two weeks to kind of 
work it through their system or feel better or get rid of the, the symptoms, test negative, whatever it may be, then um, they should be okay. But yeah. again, it's each, each country's, it's just like if, you know, if Canada is not in Canada, we're playing overseas and they're a hotter bed than where we are and stuff. It might be something we say, you know what, for the safety of our team, we're going to be bringing our guys back. Yeah. Know? So undoubtedly, um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Hey, listen, sports fans, we got some big stuff coming up. Uh, the, the month of December, end of December, we got the NBA starting on the 22nd, which we're going to talk about today. We've got hockey tentative to start on January 16th. Um, World Juniors, obviously. That's a lot of sports all of a sudden. <laughs> so brace yourself, sports fans. We're going to have a lot to talk about in the upcoming weeks on top of some great guests we've got lined up. But uh, speaking of guests, I think, Brock, what do you think? It's time to bring in our, our, uh, our special NBA analysts. They're the NBA analyst. I think we do the NBA video first. Let's do. Oh, Let's there's a video. NBA. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. That's good. I like. You that. know what? There was a song. There was a a, a poll on. Uh, I think it was one of the Bleacher Report or something on the best NBA song. Like NBC, that's NBC's. CBS had its own song. Yeah. I think that one was number one. So you choose that? Did you choose that? Yeah, of course I chose it. Nice done. Nicely done. I went through a couple of them, and some of them are not very good. This is the one that sticks out for me. I love it. All, All right. right. Introduce them. Let's go. Let's, Let's get bring them in. Going. Let's bring them in. Uh, two very close friends of mine, two educators, two wonderful people, two very, very savvy basketball minds in the city of Ottawa. Uh, Dan Case and Dave Barbier, gentlemen, welcome, gentlemen. welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thanks, Jeff. thanks, Brock. <laughs> thanks, boys. It's great. It's uh, how it's are great we? To see a different show. I listen to some of the other shows. I'm obviously on one of the shows on the app, and uh, it's fun seeing the different production value that you guys have going on. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I have I take zero credit for that. I just show up and talk. Brock's the 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 mind that like the technical mind behind all this. And plus, he's got his brother-in-law doing the fact checking. His brother, actual brother, doing more fact checking, and it's crazy stuff. But uh, I'm glad that you guys are on. Obviously, I have a tremendous respect for both of you, especially when it comes to basketball. But as people, you guys do such good stuff in the community. So thanks for taking the time to come on with us. My pleasure. Looking forward yeah. to it. Right on, man. Um, let's get this ball rolling. First of all, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm good. Yeah, hanging yeah. in there with COVID, and I know your all your your sports. I mean, you guys are coaches. Um, certainly, this stuff's been affected with COVID. I mean, how are you guys hanging in there? Is this, are you guys just emphasizing skill with the kids, or is it just all? Uh, is it canceled entirely? You go, Dan. Uh, my uh, my club team's uh, training. We're not uh, we're not playing any games, uh, and it's all skills. We can't even defend. Like you can't uh, it, right now with the return to play from the OBA. Uh, it's six feet separation on the court. Uh, you can pass a ball and stuff like that, but you cannot even do one-on-ones or any scrimmages of any sorts. Um, but the kids, they just, they're just hungry to do something. Right. And so our, our girls, uh, I coach a U16 girls team and they just want to be on the court. They're working their butts off. Um, I can't wait until this is over and see them play because they're working hard when other people are not. And I think it's going to pay off for them, you know, which is, uh, which is going to be fantastic. But uh, yeah, I think they missed the games, but I think they just love being around each other and on the court again. 
Uh, and Dan, while I have you really quickly, you you work with uh, which? What's the club team's name? Uh, Goldburn uh, Basketball Association. Amazing, amazing yeah. stuff, and you guys do great work there. Uh, Dave, you have your own show on this platform, correct? No holds barred. I wouldn't say it's my show. There's four of us on the show, but yes, uh, every Sunday night. Personality, okay? Uh, Dominate the show. Tell us, tell us about it. Uh, so seven o'clock on Sundays, and we just talk sports very much like you guys cover all the different sports that are out there. Um, we uh, we have little bets with one another each week on on picking games from EPL games to Champions League to NFL to hockey to basketball, you name it. And uh, yeah, we just have some good banter. It's it's four of us who know each other from from coaching soccer together, and so we have some good banter with one another. That's fantastic. Lock well, EPL, but you guys had uh, something on today, didn't you, uh, uh, Seth? Didn't you guys replay your shows during the day? Yeah, so Kwame replays our shows. Uh, I want to say it was at noon today. Uh, we're live on Sunday nights, and then it'll get replayed during the week. I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that. Point, Pat, maybe you and I can get to the ranks of replays. I was just thinking <laughs> that. A syndicated radio show. You got to be in the big leagues to have your show replayed. That's Pretty impressive. Much. We, yeah. we are, we're, we're big time. It's fair. It's fair. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, okay I want to get into the NBA. The NBA obviously starts next week, and that's why we had you guys on uh, today because most of the transactions are done. We're going to see some guys released. Uh, it's unlikely we'll see any surprise releases. I think the teams are pretty much set. We saw uh, the uh, the eldest ball brother uh, be released by the Pistons. It's a non even. It's a non issue, non topic. I'm surprised they signed him. I suspect they just didn't deal want to deal with their dad. The kid should have made that roster because Detroit sucks. But I digress. Um, I want to talk just really briefly, uh, and I'll start with you, Dan. Your thoughts on how the bubble went? I think. Uh, the NBA was the gold standard of COVID sports. Uh, they did it right. There was no cases, you know. Uh, and we all, as spectators, had an opportunity to watch uh, amazing basketball without COVID being the conversation hanging over the head. I Like, I never really, other than the fact that they were in the bubble, I never really got the sense that COVID was going to be this threat, but you see it with football. You never know week to week if the game's going to get played. Um, with baseball, you had several players, you know, testing positive. Um, and uh, I think the other sports are taking notice. You know, everybody's talking about this bubble concept now, and it was the NBA that put that forward. So uh, top shelf, you know, I think we got a real champion. In, in some of the other sports, I question, you know, how much the extraneous variables played a, a role in the uh, outcome. But I think – in the bubble, there's no excuses. It was a legitimate, real championship. Well, Dave, before I get your opinion on that, I, I agree with you, Dan, especially hockey. I mean, there's no – I didn't think Montreal ha should have been anywhere near Pittsburgh. I think the situation was to their favor, you know, rested, uh, you know, world-class goalie. They stole one. But Pittsburgh would have made – I think would have had a much deeper run uh, had they got by Montreal. Hey, like, all credit to Montreal, but that was a situation where I think the bubble affected a team like Pittsburgh. But uh, Dave, your your thoughts on the bubble? Did you enjoy? It? I enjoyed it personally. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I'd echo everything that Dan said. Uh, one of the things that I said to some of my buddies that I really enjoyed. Some of them disagreed. Was the fact that you didn't have the fans. You had different camera angles, and as a coach and a player, I like the fact that sometimes we saw a different angle that normally we couldn't because of the fans in the in the stands, right? And so you got to see some different angles with that. There was a lot of chatter before 
of whether or not they would be able to actually finish it off. Would it be a real champion? As Dan said, I think it was a real champion. I don't think that anyone could question that. Yeah. The way these guys played properly. Uh, the whole chatter of it, it's kind of like AAU ball for no. for, for adults. And uh, yeah, like I, I thought it, I thought it was good. I thought it went yeah. really well. Yeah, so did I. And I like the I was really hoping, and I talked I mentioned this to Brock. I was really hoping we'd be able to hear a little bit more some of the play calling, some of the some of the the communication on the court that we don't necessarily hear during a regular game. I thought we were going to have a real opportunity in both uh, hockey and basketball to hear that. It it didn't happen. They piped in the crowd noise. I, I understand. But uh, I, I thought it was a real opportunity to showcase some other elements of, of the sport that we will not be able to see when fans come back to the arena. One complaint about college basketball, in fact, because some of these arenas are, are, uh, are no, have no fans, is that they're not doing anything different. In fact, in Cameron, uh, Duke's last game, they had the basic camera still up from the ceiling. It was actually worse than it was in normal games. Why don't you get the camera on the, on the court? Let's see the guys up front. Dave, you mentioned it. I remember there was a couple of games. I think it was a, it might have been the Nuggets game. I saw a Nuggets game where the camera cut to uh, basically a seat in the corner, yeah. like courtside seat. And I'm like, that, this is cool. You see how, how how high the guy jumps? LeBron made a move, and you got to see it from a court level on how just how freakish an athlete he is. And uh, they they really they missed the boat, I think, on that. But uh, or we, they didn't do it enough, as far as I was concerned. But anyway, uh, success all around. Brock, what was your thought on the bubble? You did you you didn't watch a ton, but you watched Raptors and Lakers, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I watched the the games that interest me. I didn't watch every single game. Um, I, I was very intrigued by the bubble and how the NBA did it in terms of, um, you know, even the, the big video screens that have fans at home. That I were liked it. Watching and spectating. And really, that's as kind of as good as it gets because you look yeah. at the NHL and they just had, you know, like the ads that were covering the seats and stuff. But it, it didn't have that same sort of feel. Um, a couple of the camera angles, I agree, were, were great. Actually gave you an idea of sort of how tight it was in there. Like it's, it, there, yeah. it wasn't a big stadium. So kind of feeling where that is. And I was, uh, you know, it made me wonder as a player how that would kind of turn out, like how we'd like it. Uh, but I think overall they did a great job. And, and um, you know, like Dan was saying, the NBA was the first organization to do it. Hockey followed fairly closely after. And I think both organizations did a pretty good job in terms of keeping their players safe and healthy and, and making sure the game sort of, uh, went through. I've actually started watching that the, the series, the bubble. So about the Raptors and, and that, and and their life in the bubble and stuff. So it kind of gives you a little behind the scenes thing. So I'm glad they did something to that effect too, which gives you a little bit more of an understanding of what they're going through, the limitations of yeah, sure. uh, travel and what they can do in order to kind of stay uh, sane and and occupied while they're not on the court training all the time. Stuff like that was pretty interesting. Um, but I, again, I thought it was a great idea. You know, your argument or your uh, touch on the, the college basketball. I mean, really, there's no money in big time college basketball, right? Yeah, they won't give it to the players. They won't whatever. No. They're gonna go and spend it on new cameras. They're ho hogging all that cash for themselves. But that's no, that's true. But I mean, you know, it's how hard would it be to just have a handheld? Like, I mean, it's uh, you know, there's ways to do it. But yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean. I'm being nitpicky now. I'm, uh, I'm just thrilled the sports are back, period. At least something to watch on the weekends. But I want to get into uh, the 2020-2021 season upcoming here. That's going to start in a week from tomorrow? A week from today, actually. And uh, the balance of power hasn't shifted quite yet. You know, uh, there's, you know, if James Harden ends up getting dealt to the East, 
we're talking a major shift in power from a heavy, powerful Western Conference to, I, I think the East is now slowly creeping up and, and starting to catch up a little bit here. Um, Dan, I'll start with you. Two teams in the East that you think have made strides forward. You know what? I I really like uh, where, where Philly is. I like the I like Doc in, in Philly. Um, I actually like the fact that they added some guys that could shoot the ball. Uh, you know, because Ben Simmons isn't going to be able to stretch the floor for you. So you're going to have to find other ways to get people to stretch that floor and open up some lanes for Ben to drive in. Adding Seth Curry, Danny Green. That's important. I think that's uh, significant. Uh, you still have Tobias Harris out there uh, that can stretch the floor from the power forward position. So uh, doing that will allow uh, uh, Ben Simmons to get to the rim a little bit more and maybe create a bit uh, as they kick it out for those threes. And, the, and then if you can stretch the floor, then now you bring Embiid to do the things that he can do. And there's not too many uh, that can play with them. So I think, the, I think Philly's probably... Uh, made the most significant improvement in that way for me. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I still have the Celtics kind of in there to push Philly. I think I'll, I'll pick Philly now, but I think the Bucs are probably the best team in the East, but I'll pick Philly just because I think Doc's uh, – Doc might get coach of the year this year. Yeah, he's I got mean, the tools to work with. Well, he, he's definitely put a stamp on, on, his, on that team, uh, at least for the time being. Uh, Dave. East, oh. East uh, Eastern Conference. I know it's not your favorite conference. <laughs> no, I just I couldn't disagree with Dan Moore, so it makes good TV, I guess. Um, like Philly, you like Doc Rivers. How many times has he lost a three-one series in the playoffs? And you like Doc Rivers, um, and uh, three times, three times, yeah. Uh, Simmons is not a winner. Embiid is not a winner. Danny Green is on the decline, and uh, no. Just, just no. Um, Boston, Boston lost Hayward for nothing. Boston got worse. So no. Um, Milwaukee, massive addition, massive addition of Drew Holiday, um, massive addition by subtraction of getting rid of Bledsoe. The reason why I can show my little hat, we the champs. The reason why us Raptors were able to beat them a couple of years ago was because Bledsoe couldn't shoot. So we were able to close down on Giannis. Plain and simple. We double teamed off him endlessly. You can't double team off Drew Holiday. That is enormous. Adding DJ Augustine is super underappreciated addition for Milwaukee. I saw uh, that today, actually. And then the other, the other big addition was two years ago, obviously, and it's Durant to Brooklyn. And I'm not a Durant fan. I'm definitely not a Kyrie fan. But I'm a firm believer that you do not win in the NBA without a top five, top ten player. And if you look at the East, that's Giannis, that's Durant. No one else has a player that can be at that standard. Uh, I'm not a believer Embiid can or Simmons can. I think Tatum is inching there but isn't there yet. Um, so to me, those are the top two East teams. Yeah. The basketball to go around, though, in, in, uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, both both uh, Durant and Kyrie need the ball in their hand to and Dinwiddie and Levert. I know that's going to be the problem. I'm and not they a believer. Last year. They were better last year when the ball moved when Kyrie was out. Uh, yes, but I still say when you hit the playoffs, like Toronto was the second best team in the entire NBA last year in the regular season, and once you get to playoffs, now you're getting to the big time special players. And as much as I'm not a Kyrie fan. 
he's special and can finish. Uh, Durant obviously is a special talent, and they've got a season to figure it out. Uh, I personally think Milwaukee comes out of the East. I think they'll finally make that step. I think I just I'm a big Drew Holiday fan, and I'm a big ne- whatever negative fan towards Bledsoe. I think Bledsoe absolutely destroyed that team, and getting Drew Holiday there changes them enormously. So you guys both touched on every team I had uh, in my notes, except you missed one team. I'll get to it in a sec really quickly, who I think I had uh, a list of teams that I thought were going to go up, a list of teams that will go down, and a list of teams that are going to stay par for the course. Uh, I have the Heat and the Celts really not making any moves up or down. Uh, the Heat lost Av uh, Jay Crowder. They replaced him with Av Bradley, different player, smaller player, and Mo Harkless, who's been a, who's bounced around. I think the Heat are a wash. I think they're going to end up doing exactly what they did, and they're going to be a tough out. Uh, the Celts, I have them uh, even. I, you know, really, they picked up Tristan Thompson, who might, might be an underrated pickup. Uh, losing, losing uh, Gordon Hayward and uh, Enos Cantor. I mean, that's a wash. So I, do, I think they're just going to be status quo. Uh, I do have Atlanta as a team to watch out for. I mean, they picked up Bogdanovich, a great shooter. That deal fell through with Milwaukee. That's going to really hurt Milwaukee. Um, you know, they picked up Rondo, Gallinari. They got Chris Dunn to play some defense. That's a nice team. And then you throw in uh, Trey Young and uh, John Collins coming back from last year. Guys, that's a nice team. That's a team that's looking at the fifth or sixth seed potentially. I don't think wow. Indiana is going to be as good. You know, that, yeah, watch out for Atlanta. They're well coached. And, uh, you know, Trey Young could, is Johnny Buckets. Uh, I don't like what the Sixers – I didn't like the Sixers before, and I don't like them now. Yeah, they picked up some shooters. But, I mean, Josh Richardson is a, is a legit wing. He's going to be great. Where I think he – where did he land? In uh, Dallas, I believe. Um, so you guys nailed it all. I do think my team on the rise is, is, has to be Brooklyn. It has to be Brooklyn. I mean, well, if you're you... asking me, I would say, no, you didn't ask me, but anyway, oh, we're getting to you. Brooklyn is the team that I think is obviously got huge upside. I just don't know how Steve Nash and, uh, who, uh is it Dan Tony that's with him on his staff? Like, how do they manage these stars? Sometimes it's a matter of how these guys are going to mesh together. And if they do happen to get a Harden, that, that's ridiculous. But again, how do those three guys, you know, uh, Dave talks about the one ball, but it's even, it's just attitudes and stuff. And how do they mesh together yeah. as a team? And that makes or break that. The other one was the Hawks. You were talking about the Hawks, but don't forget about that kid that they drafted at a USC. I can't pronounce his name for the life of me, but kid is very good. Great pick. Great pick. You know Hawks. I can't pronounce his name for life. Of me, no. Yeah. Great, great pick. But the Hawks, I mean, I think are a team to watch. Brooklyn's bringing back you, you guys, Dave, you mentioned Lavert and uh, De- I mean, they got Deandre Jordan and Allen in the center. I mean, they're going to be able to rebound the ball. Anyways. Um, I think we're all in agreement that Brooklyn is the wild card. They, they could really, they could either win 60 or, or lose 40. Like it's going to be, depends how Brock said it has, but depends how they mesh. Uh, I think they're going to mesh fine. I think Nash is going to be a young Jason kid a, as a head coach, and they're going to run and move the ball. So, um, Brock, is, did you have a team that you you thought were on on the downswing? On the downswing, no. On the East Coast, I, I'm positive. So I look at positivity <laughs> in the up direction. All right. I don't talk about the the downturn. All right, Dano. The downswing. West, West no. Uh, oh. West Coast. West Coast teams. Yeah. Okay. I. For me, I think the whole NBA is a one-horse race. I don't think anybody comes close to the Lakers. They got better over the offseason, and they were the best team last year. Um, the only thing that uh, is can challenge them is father time, and will 
LeBron start the inevitable regression. Uh, I think he's got a couple more years of producing at an elite level. I still say he's the best player in basketball. Um, I know that Giannis uh, gets uh, the love, but uh, uh, I I I don't see a team contending with them. The beauty is they've added some depth to allow guys that are a little bit older to maybe rest when they need to uh, do their load management thing uh, internally. Uh, I I just can't see. I can't see anybody even pushing them to seven games in a, in a series West or East. Uh, they're just that good. I, if LeBron's not the best player in basketball, Anthony Davis might be, and they're on the same team. So, and they're selfless, selfless enough to play the game the right way in order to be successful because there is enough ball to go around. The guys they picked up, Dennis Schroeder, uh, I think he was sixth man of the year one year or was up for it. So this guy knows his role and he plays within his role. Wesley Matthews can defend uh, and he plays his role. Uh, Montreal Harold, he, uh, he, he's the wild card a little bit because he kind of has a little bit of that me factor, but I think that'll go, that'll just get uh, drained or drowned out by all the selflessness that's that's around there. I think they're just they're just too deep and too good at the most important positions. And LeBron doesn't have to be the point guard this year. He was last year, but he doesn't have to be this year. Well, give us a one A. I mean, the Lakers are everyone's pick, but is there is there another team in the West that we yeah. might need to keep an eye out? So I got my little sleeper pick for you. I think the the easy pick is the Clippers. I don't like. I'm not a Paul George fan, so I'm I'm not putting the Clippers in this conversation yet. Um, Utah. I'm liking Utah. Uh, they showed last year with their run. They they didn't have Bogdanovich, and they made their run last year. Uh, Rudy Gobert changes people's approach to the game. He, he he's forces you to have to pull up for shots. He, he's a beast on the boards. Um, and then Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, if he had a second option to score, I think they go to the, I think they go to the West finals against the Lakers last year. And so with the, with the healthy, healthy uh, Bogdanovich, I think they're in. They're they're deep enough. They've got English coming off the bench. They've got Favors. Uh, they've got um, Clarkson. You know, they, they're, they're capable NBA role players. Uh, but the ball will go through Mitchell. Uh, Bogdanovich will hit some shots, and Gobert will defend the rim. And if uh, Mike Conley does anything close to what he did uh, in the in the bubble, they'll be fine. So they're, they're my pick to kind of push, but I don't think they get close. Brock, do you have a? A West Coast. I mean, you're clearly a Laker. I mean, you hope you're a LeBron fan. Um, I know you've been following the Lakers, but who's your who's? Do you have a one A? Do you have a? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the Lakers just got better at the the spots that they improved, which is great. My one A, I have Phoenix. So I thought that with uh, you know the addition of uh, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, I thought that that. Oh might be a very good addition to the young talent that they already have there yes. and the veteran presence. And um, I think Phoenix is a, is a team now that uh, has a lot of the pieces that could really challenge for, uh, for a deep run. Dave. I just love laughing at Dan and he's saying Utah when there's so many better teams. Um, he, how do you think Bogdanovich is even close to a second option compared to all these other teams? It's just mind boggling to me. Um, anyway, Clippers, yeah, I, they proved last year that they're not there in terms of leadership. That's clear. Um, no love for Golden State. I know Clay went down, but 
they filled in holes, man. Uh, and Curry is capable of carrying and being that star. I think Wiseman is, uh, is going to give more than some people think. Um, I think Wiggins has a lot to prove, and he doesn't have to be that star and, and, and number one option. Uh, I think Portland adding uh, Covington is enormous for them. Uh, a lot of people that don't follow enough basketball don't know how good Robert Covington is. Uh, he is a 3 and D stud that's going to allow Carmelo yeah. Anthony to come off the bench and be uh, an 18 and 7 guy coming off the bench. So Lillard could be the man. They are a perennial top three, top four team in the West. Last year, they weren't simply because of injuries. What makes you think they're not going to be back there again? Uh, Ad Doncic is my favorite player. And if Porzingis can be healthy, and then Denver, who went to the Western Conference Finals. I don't understand how Utah's even in the discussion, but that's okay. <laughs> Daniel, I'll give oh, you a chance sorry. to rebuttal that. I'm going to give you a chance to rebut that. <laughs> I, I, Denver lost half their team. I, I mean, sorry, who they lose? Who'd they lose? Jeremy well, Grant, that's it. No, they lost Tory Craig and they lost Mason Plumley. Those guys are like glue guys. I'm they're, with Dan on this one. Uh, uh, I think the Nuggets didn't replace them. They only they only picked up J uh, Jamichael Green as a, a really to replace uh, those guys. And Tory Craig was huge. They suffered some serious injuries. He played a really big role. I, I see Denver on the way down, but uh, Dan, can, sorry, I cut you yeah, off there. I actually I like the Phoenix pick. To be honest with you, they're yeah. my sleeper team, if you will. Um, I agree that their their additions were were probably they're probably the most improved team. Like that was part of the question that you had. But I think in terms of contending for the West, I just think it's uh, it's Lakers running away. You asked me to pick a second team. I'm going to go with Utah. I thought they should have been there. Uh, they were up three one against Denver. I, they should have been there. They just couldn't put it away. And I think they were just missing. Uh, you know that someone to knock down the shots. I, I'm I'm bullish on Bogdanovich. Dave's not. That's. That's fine, but Dave's been bullish on Paul George for years, and he has yet to earn his uh, salary. So, and yet he got a max deal. So, what do I know, right? Maybe uh, <laughs> you know. Well, listen, listen, gentlemen. Like uh, you know, before I tell you my West teams, I will say this: uh, I don't like Drew Holiday. I think he's super overrated. I I don't think he's that much of an upgrade from Eric Bledsoe, except that Bledsoe is a little thicker. Um, so when we talk about the Bucks, I don't see, I see them regressing, and why I mention him is because I the Pelicans are going to make a serious move this year. Um, uh, Brandon Ingram is legit twenty five and ten. Uh, I think you're going to see Zion Williamson take another step forward. He's going to play bigger minutes this year. Their coach is Stan Van Gundy. I mean that guy is a great. I think he's a great coach personally. <laughs> he's he's hilarious. He's a quote machine, but he's he's a great coach. Uh, you know, and they picked up. Who a guy who I think is super underrated, Stephen Adams at center. So the, he's going to protect the young guys. That guy is a beast. So you got to look. You got to seriously look at the Pelicans as a, as a maybe to this year's Denver Nuggets. Uh, I'm with Dan. I don't think the uh, the Nuggets will improve this year. I think they actually got worse. Um, uh, the Rockets are a, the Rockets are an interesting team, guys. No one's given the Rockets any any love simply because. Uh, you know, Harden and the and the contract and all this, and he wants out. And but look, you know, John Wall is he an upgrade from uh, from uh, Westbrook? A healthy one is. Yeah, yeah, I think a healthy one is. I, Dave? I think he could score multiple ways. Dave, what do you think of John Wall over Westbrook? I mean, is it just a wash? I he hasn't played in two years, um, so I don't know if we really know. But you could you could argue he's a wash. Um, 
I just don't think that he can win. I, I don't think that you can win with guards who can't shoot. I think the NBA has become such a shooting league that when you get to the playoffs, if you have someone that can't shoot and he's not a freak like Giannis, you're not going to win, which is why Westbrook hasn't been able to do it, which is why Wall won't be able to do it, which is why Simmons won't be able to do it. You have to be able to shoot. Brock, are you, you're a fan of you're a fan of DeMarcus Cousins, eh? I've, I feel like you've mentioned his name before. You're a fan of his game. He's a big guy, can shoot the three. He's on the Rockets now. Yeah. Yeah, I would. No, I'm don't. Quote <laughs> me as being a, a Cousins fan and whatever. I like, I appreciate big guys that, you know, do different things on the court, whether it's, you know, they're aggressive down low or whether they can pop up and shoot a three and whatever. Like, I, I appreciate the athleticism of yeah, cause that's your game because that's you you can either bang down low or you can step out and shoot the three hey that's you know that's what your brother noticed in me right was lighting up those threes brock and i and a, a lot of you guys you guys probably don't know this brock and i had a year played a, a semester together oh yeah college yeah yeah it's great i just remember brock out at the dome ball beating everybody up Oh yeah, but he can also he's got a nice touch. He's got a nice he doesn't shoot the three that much, but he's got a nice touch when he wants to. Um anyway, I the reason I mentioned that Rockets, because I, I do I think they're still legit with Harden because he's all world scorer. You know, uh the, he went on a, a he went on a run a couple was it last year or the year before where he went like 10 games in a row scoring 50 points. Like the guy can put up points. Are they gonna be able to play a little bit more defense this year uh, under a new regime? I don't know. We'll see. But I think the Rockets are a team that we need to keep an eye on. The Clippers, I think, uh, are one of those teams that I have them like status quo. Paul George is out to prove something. He's back with his old uh, personal trainer. He's gotten a little bit quicker, stronger. Uh, he looked pretty good in preseason. But like, uh, I don't know if Patrick Beverly is the guy you want leading your team. He's too much of a head case. He's the point guard, not Leonard. So, you know, they've got some leadership issues on that team, but I mean, I wouldn't put anything up. If they, if they won the, the, the championship, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, before we, uh, before we wrap up the, uh, what the you, did you mention the Warriors, Dave? Yeah. You mentioned the Warriors. Warriors are a funny team. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I feel, I actually feel bad for them. Why? Well, yeah, why? I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, Clay Thompson's uh, a, a great player, but these guys are, are good ambassadors for the game. I mean, they put they put Golden State basketball back on the map after a couple of lean years. Um, it's 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 tough to see a guy go down again after an injury. Um, we've all suffered injuries. We can all relate. So you know, you got to feel for a guy, no matter who what team he plays for. I don't think Clay Thompson's a jerk by any means. So it's tough to see him go down like that. And uh, I'm wishing him a speedy recovery. But. Yeah, um, him don't feel bad for the club that just won whatever championships in the last yeah well yeah i mean no i don't feel bad for the golden state warriors necessarily but i feel bad for for a player like that who worked so hard to come back and only to tear up his achilles but um we we need to wrap this up soon but we do i just wanted to get your a quick take dan on what you think the raptors are going to be this year yeah i think they're going to be one of the negative uh, regressors in the east unfortunately they okay. they lost all their presence in the middle i actually like Serge in, in uh, LA, I think he's a good fit there, but they miss by losing Serge, by losing um, Gasol. Uh, the, first off, both those guys can shoot the three. They both can uh, protect the rim. Uh, when Serge was in there, he was a bit of a, a more athletic and, and able to get up and down. Uh, Gasol has that defensive presence. That, that's gone. Like maybe Boucher could develop into that, but he's way too light to to really be that presence there. Uh, but three <laughs> blocks last night in a preseason game, who am I, right? Like, But I don't think, uh, you know, they went and um, they signed 
uh, what was Alex name? Aaron Danes? Come on, Baines, man! You don't give Baines oh, any Baines, love. Yeah. They 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 sign. I mean, whatever that they're trying to to replace it. I don't see it personally. And uh, OG's got to take a huge step for them to stay relevant. They're going to fight for a seven eight spot in the East. Um, wow! Like you said, Atlanta's much better now. Uh, I still have that. Uh, there's just too many. It gets too deep too quick. Uh, the the Pacers, I think, are still legit. I like Orlando. I, I don't see where the Raptors fit in there. And, um, you know, they're small at the guard. They're not just guard heavy, but they're small at the guard. And um, so where's Pascal going to be? Is, is is he shook now that he – after what happened to him in the bubble? Can he can he come back and play like we need him to play? Um, there's just too many question marks. There's a huge gap at center. I think center is one of you – if you don't have a great point guard and a great center, I think you're in a lot of trouble. Um, because you got to clean up the boards and you got to make good decisions with the ball. If you can't do those things, then put, you lose possessions along the way, and possessions is what the game's all about. Dave, so. thirty seconds or less. Oh, I, I, oh, Aaron Baines is so much better than you give credit. They lost Kawhi and Danny Green and got better last year in the regular season. I'm not saying they'll be better in the playoffs. The Toronto Raptors will finish second in the East in the regular season behind Milwaukee. Because Malachi Flynn is an underrated ad, and OG is young and getting better. Freddie's young and getting better. Siakam's young and getting better. And you don't wear any Raptor stuff ever, Dan. It's awful. Uh, I'm going to save my opinion for another day. Brock, do you do you have a, anything you want to add to the Raptors? I saw this meme or this whatever thing on Instagram for Raptors fans that said, if you could get either Kawhi or DeRozan back, which one would you choose? And I just figured that'd be interesting to end this segment on to find out which one you guys would want to take back. Kawhi, not even close. Not even close? No. And now that Giannis re-signed and Kawhi still hasn't signed an extension and probably won't, if they do poorly this year, which they might, there's a chance Kawhi does come back. All right. Dan? Oh, Kawhi for sure. Uh, like DeRozan is a is a C plus B player. Kawhi's an A plus player. To, to me, uh, Kawhi is one of the top three players in the game. Well, and if you could put I, him on the team and take him, I would say this: if they have a chance to get one of the two next offseason, I'd say Kawhi. But if they have a chance to acquire DeRozan this year, I say I say do it without costing them too many assets. I say do it. But anyway, that's a that's a conversation for another day. Um, gentlemen, we're going to move on to another topic. You Obviously, either of you are welcome to stay. Um, but we want to thank you so much for being part of this NBA segment. Uh, we will revisit this in a few weeks when the NBA is in sort of full swing. And we'll see how our uh, predictions uh, added up. And uh, we'll go from there. Sounds good. Appreciate that. Lots of fun. All right, Mike. We need to do our sponsor. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by a world-class wealth builder, Sophia Jeeves, G-E-E-V-E-S, not Ask Jeeves, Sophia Jeeves. Sophia <laughs> can help your money make money. Call her today at 613-818-1723. And I got to say, I'll likely be calling that number at some point to figure out how to get my money, what little I have, to make more money. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, okay. Brock. Yeah. 
Do we have? Yeah, let, you know what? Let's let's quickly go up. We don't have to stay too long in the days because they're still really quiet right now on the transaction front. I think uh, baseball across the board. This is a really slow off season. I guess they have time, right? I mean, you know, now they're talking about pushing the start date back to May, uh, so all the players could be vaccinated. Actually, something you brought up on our last uh, last uh, podcast. That's an interesting topic. So. Wait it out so that everyone can get vaccinated, sort of get back to normal. Interesting. The Blue Jays have been tied to a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer, starting pitcher. George Springer, center fielder. DJ LeMayhew plays second base. He's 32 years old. We'll talk about him in a minute. Colton Wong, gold glover. Uh, JT Real Muto, the all-star catcher for the Phillies. Um, now they're talking you know, trade for uh, Lindor involving Gurriel. I mean, none of this stuff has happened yet. The Jays have made no moves other than re-signing Robbie Ray. Like, I, I, do you want any of this to happen? And would you would you mortgage a player like Gurriel to bring in a player like Lindor? Um, yeah, I would. I want a lot of this to happen, ideally. <laughs> what I would like to see is I'd like to see them trade for Lindor because I also heard that Lindor is open to a long-term deal with Toronto if that trade. And that's the kicker. Which is huge, though, from a standpoint of being in Canada, in Ontario, the taxes, the money, all that kind of stuff. There are people who would not take that deal and not want to be there. The fact that he is open to that is huge. Uh, So I don't want to underestimate that, but I would trade for Lindor, put in Guriel and one of the catchers, I think, is probably, uh, I think you brought that up, as being a likely candidate to kind of be packaged together. Uh, trade them. I think that uh, uh, then they go out and sign a guy like uh, Molina. You know, he's he's older, but he's still elite. And I think if you put think of Lindor and Molina in that infield and, and start plugging the guys we already have in there, like that's a pretty solid lineup on the infield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, go after Springer. You got a guy like Springer. Our outfield is pretty damn solid too. So our starting eight on the field at any given time could compete with anybody. And then if we happen to get another arm like a Bauer, Bauer is pretty fun to watch. Uh, you know, uh, who was he with before? Um, well, the Reds and then the Indians. It was the Indians because I yeah. remember in the playoffs watching uh, Bauer against the Jays and stuff too. And and you know anybody who who pitches against the Jays, I'm obviously rooting against, but. Um, since he's left the Indians and outside of our division, I, I like, I like how he, he pitches the game. I like how he sees it. I like the tempo that he brings to the game. Yeah. Um, again, the enthusiasm, the, I don't know. I think he's, he's a lot of fun. And if we could land a guy like that, that'd be great. Obviously, you know, money becomes an issue and, and whatnot, but I think, uh, with a couple of those moves, our, defensive lineup could be and should be very much on the elite spectrum. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see a consistent Jays defense producing every week. Well, every I, I need to see, well, first of all, I'll Vladdy's looking real nice in the, uh, he's playing winter ball right now in the Dominican and he's hit, he's hitting the cover off the ball. I think he's got three homers. He's uh, like, he's like seven for 12. Uh, he looks Physically, it looks really good. He's playing some third. I, I don't know how he's doing there, but I mean, you know, if he can come back to the to the Jays and play third, boy, that opens up a whole 
other realm of possibilities where you can you can DHT Oscar and go out and get a, a an outfielder. So Vladdy's development, I think, is going to be really important with what they what they decide to do. Lemayhew, thirty two years old. If they sign him for four or five years, he's thirty seven by the end of the contract. As a second baseman, you know, you move him over to first maybe when he starts to slow down a bit. But that's a lot of money to throw at a guy who's in his prime, like right in his, maybe even a year after his prime. I, I don't know how baseball works. He's been fantastic, though. and But him and the Yankees are about $25 million apart. The Jays have that money to spend. Sounds but, like a lot. And 25, so, 25 mils, no joke. No, and but the Jays, I mean, that's a lot of money to spend on. I, I'm great hitter. I mean... I'm a, I'm a George Springer fan. I'm a Trevor Bauer fan. I, I'd like to see Bauer come in because he does have that sort of spunk and uh, and that competitive edge that I think we've been missing from the pitcher's position. Yeah, throw him yeah. left. You you throw if you throw Ryu uh, Bauer and Nate Pearson one two three, and then Robbie Ray coming at you as your fourth fifth is pretty good. So we're gonna see what happens. It's been really quiet. We were anticipating something to happen by now before this act this show actually aired. So again, we'll wait and, and uh, we'll wait and see. The J- it's pretty exciting though. The Jays are in a position where they can spend because Rogers communication, because they've been profitable through COVID. So this is a year where you got to sort of take a shot and uh, go Rogers. Buy let's this go. Product. Yeah, if my cable bill or my internet bill goes up. I'm, I'm good. Totally against it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, okay, so Blue Jays. Hopefully, we'll talk about them in the near future because they'll make a move. Basketball, we'll get more into the Raptors as the season starts. I, I have a ton of ideas about the Raptors, but we'll get into that some other time. Top, it's time for our top whatever. I think I think we're going top five today. It's time for our top five. For the record, Pierre, it's top yeah. five. I've made one video thing. We can okay. only do the five. We'll only do top five. Okay, okay. Um, all right. What, uh, why this came to mind? I think it was early last week. It was the anniversary of the Patrick Waugh trade, one of the worst trades in pro sports history. By far, the Vincent Danfus was another bad trade, but this was really one of the is the worst trade in Montreal Canadiens history. Uh, some would say we haven't recovered from it still to this day. They haven't the recovered. Worst, from it. uh, not scenario, but like the. It was just, it was a bad all around, the bad feeling. I remember that game vividly of, of him finally getting to the bench, Patrick Waugh being pulled after letting, I think it was 11 to 1 or something like that, where fans were cheering when a puck was just dumped in and hit his stick as a save, yeah. cheering that he made the save. And then he walked, and once he got pulled, he got to the bench, put his stuff down, walked behind the coach, right over to the owner. Ronald Corey. And told him, I'm never going to play for this team again. You know, it's crazy because I heard the sort of the backstory behind this. So that season, that that game was only game number 12 or 13 into the season. The first four games, they were, they were 0 and 4 and they got shellacked. They ended up firing Serge Savard, the GM and firing uh, Jacques Demers, the, uh, the Stanley cup winning coach, replacing them with Mario Tremblay, no experience and Rajon Uhl, no experience as a GM. Terrible, terrible. So that, that was the backstory. And Savard had an Owen Nolan, Stefan Fizet trade in the works already. He he knew he had to trade Waugh that year. Raw was getting sort of godlike in Montreal, and it was not good for the room. And he knew he had to trade Waugh. But he got fired before he could make that deal. 
That would have been a better deal. Well, and it was it was with Colorado still. That was a Colorado deal. So, I mean, really, that would have been. I mean, Owen Nolan ended up having a great career. It was anyway at that point. It still it wasn't Quebec. No, it uh, no, it was Colorado at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he had Stefan Fizet, who was not a great goalie, but I mean, he would have been serviceable. And Owen Nolan, not my top five Fizet. No, I'm kidding. But anyway. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so we're here to talk about the top five best goalies of all time. Brock, I'm going to hand it over to you. I think I think one of our guests wants to be to jump in on this too. Is he still in the so. room? He's got something to say every once in a while. <laughs> you know what? Let's 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 start with uh, with uh, Brutus the Barbier Beefcake here, and oh, wow. uh, <laughs> and you start with your top five here. I was hoping I'd get you guys to say because I'm torn on mine, but. Uh-uh. I've got a, uh, a a battle for for the top spot between Hasek and Wa, and I really don't know which one to go where. Um, <laughs> Hasek having two heart trophies, I find to be um, just a lot. Like two hearts for for a goaltender is crazy. But then the three consmites from Wa are crazy. And um, for me, I think about me as an athlete, and I would rather have Wa behind me than Hasek. I'd rather have the the one who can actually puck handle versus Hasek who can't and the consistency and the not flailing around, pulling saves out of your, you know what? So I go Wa <laughs> one, Hasek two, uh, plant three, Sawchuck four and Marty Brodeur five with an honorable mention. Cause I don't really know where he fits of Tretiak. And I don't know what you even say about him because he didn't come <laughs> over. Here's my five for you. That's a great. Yeah, that's yeah, does he even count in this? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I said well, I, I, mention. I did say NHL history. However, you did. However, that's a good call. That's a good call. Great, great. I mean, great goalie. <laughs> you know, I, I never, I didn't ever watch Tretiak play a goalie, but uh, uh, Brock, do you, I'm sure a couple of yours uh, are the same as as days, but I want to hear your order and I want to hear why. Uh, okay, so I was going back and forth and a bunch of them. Uh, I actually had six. I'm going to pull out one guy here. But uh, I have uh, I have Marc-Andre Fleury at five. <laughs> wow. wow. What? Wow. <laughs> I have Marc-Andre Fleury at five. I like him. Uh, I think he's he, he's got three cups. You know, his, his shutout percentage in the playoffs are, are, is pretty good at 10.3. That's a soft spot. I have Flurry. I like him. I've liked him ever since that he made that that uh, blunder in the juniors where he was playing phenomenal and then tried to clear the puck, went off the defenseman head in the net, and cost us the game. I've had a soft spot for him. So that may be swayed a bit. I probably would have had Belfour around five. Belfour is one of those guys I like too. I have uh, Curtis Joseph at number four. And this guy doesn't have any cups. Uh, in the playoffs, so he's played 133 games in the playoffs, has 16 shutouts. He's got the best shutout percentage in the playoffs at 12% of his starts are shutouts. That's he's the incredible. only guy who's ever had 30-plus wins for five different teams. Um, you know, he was a Leaf goalie for a long time, and, uh, uh, you know, I think he doesn't get the respect because he doesn't have the cups. But he's number four. Uh, number three, I got uh, Huat, number three. Um just because these last three can almost be interchangeable to a point. I have Hasek number two. Um, His numbers are insane. Uh, What he did on the ice and what he did for the Sabres in um, the stints that he were there were were probably second to none. I have Brodeur at uh, number one. 
Uh, I know that the Devils' style of play definitely benefited their goaltender in terms of shutouts, in terms of wins, in terms of all that kind of stuff. They, for a long time, had a period of very boring yeah. hockey. Um, but you can only do that if you have a goalie who is on his game and able to uh, mentally be ready every time a shot actually does come in. And it's hard. I've played goal team, uh, goalie twice or whatever it is. And if you're standing there for a long time and you're just ready for a shot, but then the shots don't come in, you don't get a whole bunch. You're not kind of into the game. That's from a mental standpoint. I'm more impressed with what Broder has been, has done uh, with this thing. Plus the only reason I put in number one is because he scored two goals. So for <laughs> me, like, that was the separator. Well, he's then Ron Hextall is number one then. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's it. I love that list. I would Marty Broder for me is like, He's not my number one, but boy, oh boy, he he could have been easily. Uh, Dominic Kashuk, I have at number five because the two cups he won with Detroit, and you talk about a loaded team, Brock. That was pretty. They were pretty stacked. Those teams that he played on, not not taking anything away from him. Five Vezinas, two time heart. You know that's pretty remarkable. Number four, I have Ken Dryden at number four. No, he didn't play very long, only eight seasons. But in eight seasons, he won six cups. I know again that we talk about the team in front of him. I get it, but like six cups, five Vezinas, it's pretty impressive. Are you? Do you have a question? Good caveat my list with people I've seen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm at the age now where I've seen a good chunk of players. Yeah, but you know, going off of history books and like the the black and white videos and stuff. I know Dryden wasn't black and white, but that kind of stuff just. I'm not comfortable telling or saying that Dryden's on my list if I'm just going by somebody else's word and like stats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, a lot of it's the eye test for me. And anyway, you know, and I find with hockey of all the sports, I find the goalie player discrepancy has sort of um, it's it's progressed together. So the play as good as the players have gotten, the goalies have gotten equally as good. The, the, the discrepancy isn't there. Not like like pitch pitcher hitter. I mean, pitchers, elite pitchers now, you can't touch their stuff. Whereas, you know, like I find, anyway, that's a, again, a conversation for another day. Uh, number three, I have Jacques Plante. You know, coaches and GMs ordered goalies not to wear masks back then because it was actually frowned upon. It made you look like a wuss. And he said, screw it. <laughs> I'm going to put a mask on because of my face. So my over here, coach. Yeah, because my face. So I'm going to give him that. Plus he was six Vezinas, six cups, five cups in a row. Uh, we're talking about a different era, Brock, I know. But, I mean, that's he was like a pioneer. So I got to put him up there. Number two, I got Brodeur. Uh, he could easily be number one. 17 seasons. I mean, 125 uh, shutouts, um, 691 wins, both records, NHL records to this day. Uh, and then Patrick Wye I have as number one. Um, the guy won uh, three cons mice in two different decades. Four cups, incredible player. I just want to name some honorable mentions. You guys can pipe in if you think any of these guys belong on our list. Roberto Luongo had a really long career. Henrik Lundqvist, Billy Smith, Ed Belforbrock, you mentioned. Grant Fuhr, is that a case, Is he a case of the team in front of him was just spectacular? Dave? I just, I think that the, you, yes, but I think that we forget sometimes the longevity kind of aspect of it, which is why, when you look at Brodeur, you're going to give them a little more love. And for some of the others, they didn't have that same longevity for their career, which is why I find it hard to put a Dryden in there because to me, longevity does matter. Sure. Brock, Grant Fear. Yeah. Uh, 
he's in he's honorable mention you know i think that's uh that's accurate but you know again it, it all depends on the team that you're that's in front of you too like there's a lot riding on that a guy can be a phenomenal goalie but he lets in four goals a game because he's getting shot you know at 70 times it's uh you know from a respect standpoint they just don't get it it's about winning and that's what uh involves the team in front of you so if you're benefited from that for sure i mean i can't remember what his stats are i was looking at them but i remember thinking i was like well you know, his goals against average isn't as good as some of these other guys. But when Gretzky and those guys are putting up 15 points a game, you don't have to be keeping uh, letting uh, two or three goals in. You can let in five and still win. And he gets those kind of credit. Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to give him that. Bit, and also, not just, top five. just for me, Grant Fury, you know, he went to he went to St. Louis. He went to Toronto. He went to Buffalo. And he instantly made them better. So I got to give him a little bit of credit. He's not in my top five, but he might be he might be in my top ten if I had a top ten. And lastly... Where does Carey Price fit in? Let's say five years from now he retires. Where will he rank in, in the all-time, you, you think, uh, Dave? Well, I think we're always going to talk about cups. And unfortunately, Montreal is not doing that. And so that creates issues. And that, to me, is the problem with any team sport accolade things. Like, Hasek only has two cups, so some people put a negative on that. But he's got two hearts because he's the reason why they even made playoffs. And so... Yeah. You know, when you look at that, uh, Carey Price has a heart, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. You know, and so I think you've got to put a lot of value in that. As much as you want to say he has no cups, he's got a heart, though. Um, you know? 100%. And, and he, I mean, Carey Price has the the unfortunate of playing for the Canadians who has a long and rich history of cups and goalies that have won multiple cups. Good so we've named five of them. So if yeah. Carey Price was with a team that – you know, only has one in his history, then maybe he would get more because the the understanding is that he's playing with a weaker team, let's say. But the, the Canadians have that history that they need to live up to, and I think he's going to be compared to other Habs goalies, and unfairly so. Yeah. For me, it's unfair to judge goaltenders by cups. It's not like judging a center or a defenseman by cups. They're at least contributing to both sides. It's not like the goaltender is going to be scoring the goals. You know, and so that becomes a real challenge for me when I look at the cups as a as a bar when you're looking at this. A lot of people will say Henrik Lundqvist was a fantastic goaltender, and yet where are the cups, where's the big game heroics? And so you end up having some of those challenges when people say, "Well, he's got that many cups." Yeah, but he needed people to score for him. You know, and so that becomes a, a problem when you compare that to like basketball, where you're playing both ways. So now yeah. you can say championships matter there. It's hard for goaltenders in that sense, I, for me at least. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. In terms of a team sport, just championships alone from a team perspective and giving one individual of that team, regardless of the uh, percentage of control they would have over the game, playing offense, even all that kind of stuff, it really it, it's something that shouldn't be discussed in terms of an individual, how good that individual is based on the team's success, regardless of their um, – their hand in them winning. Agreed. All right, Pep, I think we got to wrap it up. We started a, a few minutes late. We got to end this sucker a few minutes late. We're going to end this sucker a few minutes late. We're going out to uh, a pick that actually the boys picked it together. They both agreed <laughs> that they liked this band. They didn't choose the song, but they chose the band, and this is the song that we used to uh, play on the way to football games when I was growing up. And uh, – probably one of the first 
songs that wasn't one of the main stream ones that I had listened to that I listened to every single time that we would play football at this point. Uh, any last words, Pep? Listen, Dave, thank you so much. Uh, again, I will thank Dan Case uh, in private later on again. Oh, there, oh he's still there. Dano! Hey, we hey, just want to thank you once again for uh, your contributions. Um, well, let's have you on again. I feel like an hour goes by like that. It does. So fast. We've had a couple comments that the Dan and Dave uh, banter show should probably exist somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there are right, a couple well, of beauties. Uh, Guns and Roses. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Night train. Oh yeah. <laughs>